This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start, uh, a little bit of shameless self-promotion because Site Visibility has recently published the Ultimate Content Promotion Guide. It's their most comprehensive guide to date, and in it they break down all the content marketing promotion tactics, tricks, and tools you'll ever need to help you achieve content marketing success. You can download the guide plus a handy principal content promotion checklist for free by going to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash ultimate dash content or ultimate hyphen content, whichever you prefer. Dashes and hyphens are quite similar, I always think. Now today I'm joined by Steve Gordon, author and founder of The Unstoppable CEO. Steve, how are you? I'm fantastic, Andy. How are you? I'm very well, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, where are you geographically located? I am in uh, Tallahassee, Florida, the north end of Florida, the non-tropical part. The non-tropical? Is it really non-tropical? Because it's, it's not that far from top to bottom, is it? It's about 400 miles top to bottom. Um, the part everybody thinks of are white sand beaches and palm trees. We have clay hills and pine trees here. Oh, okay. So you're oh, interesting. Yeah, you forget how. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to forget actually how big the US is. I think if you superimpose the the UK onto it, it would go in well hundreds of times probably, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. Okay. And uh, so, is it quite grey there at the moment? Then and, and a bit it, nippy. It is. It is. We just had a heck of a thunderstorm here, so oh, uh, not, knocked out our power. I'm glad we're back online. You see, in April in the UK, we have April showers. It sounds like you have electric storms and thunderstorms. Yeah, we do. Ah, okay, right. Uh, less of the weather. Let's start off as usual. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the Unstoppable CEO. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the the Unstoppable CEO is actually my second business. Um, I I have a background in um, in a really tiny discipline of engineering called geomatics, which has to do with mapping the earth and measuring it and all this kind of really arcane technical stuff that most people don't care about. Yeah. And, uh, I got out of college. I was the 10th employee at a firm that did that and, uh, kind of got taken under the wing of the founder of that firm. And after about four years, he, uh, asked me to take over for him as CEO and ultimately, ultimately by the business. And, uh, uh, it was just a, a fantastic uh, learning experience and a, and a fantastic opportunity, uh, but I had no idea what I was doing at the time. Uh, it was uh, it was baptism by fire for sure. Yeah. So I, I really started running a business, you know, early on at the age of 28, and uh, and didn't know anything about sales and marketing at that point. Um, I came from a technical background, and so all of a sudden I had to go figure out how do we grow this business. How do we get clients? And so we grew, we were able to, you know, successfully grow that business for uh, the next 10 or 12 years. And then I decided that I really had a, a love for marketing and I loved working with professional services businesses like the one that I had owned um, and, and help them solve that problem because most of them, frankly, aren't very good at that. Um, they, you know, they, people in, in professions go to school because they're very interested in what it is that they're going to be doing with their clients. And then they get out and there's this harsh reality that, oh, wait, before we get a client, we actually have to sell them so that we can pay ourselves and pay our team and all that stuff. So yeah. um, so I've spent the last uh, eight years or nine years now um, really focused on working with uh, service-based businesses and help them build 
systems to market and sell so they don't have to spend all their time on business development. Now, service-based businesses, because you mentioned that's that's your main sort of uh, target area. And what I wanted to talk today about was some ways to overcome the biggest challenges in, in sort of growing clients and or, or attracting clients when you're a service-based business. So I wonder if you could talk about that today. And I know that one of the big areas that you talk about is focusing around who the ideal client is. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So when people go and they start a business, their idea of an ideal client has two qualities. They have a heartbeat and a wallet. <laughs> and if they meet those criteria, they're, they're a good potential client. Um, and in the early stages, you, you sort of have to take whoever comes along because you need to get off the ground and, and make the business viable. But um, sometimes that habit sticks with the business for too long. And what what we've observed in our clients is when we, you know, they come to us and we begin working with them, we force them to narrow down into focus. And just that simple act of focusing does two really interesting things. First, it it dramatically speeds up their progress. And the second thing that it does, which uh, to me is the most interesting, is that all of a sudden, because we've gotten really specific about the type of of client that they want to work with before, you know, they would look around the world and, you know, in their market and it would be very difficult for them to see opportunities to connect with potential clients. Now, once they focus in, they see those opportunities everywhere. It's all of a sudden like the veil is pulled back and suddenly they can, they can see what's, what was right there in front of their face before, but without that, that focus, they just couldn't see it. You mentioned there that, um, that it sort of, forcing them to focus like speeds up their progress do you, do you know why that is what's the what's the mechanism going on there it it really is the the fact that you can begin to stop doing an awful lot of things that that uh are wasted energy uh, and so when when you're trying to attract anyone and everyone your marketing message is going to be very bland and it's not going to speak really to anyone specifically and so the minute that you begin to focus your marketing message in on exactly one type of ideal client. You speak directly to, to the problems that they're facing and the consequences of those problems and the solutions to those problems. Uh, all of a sudden they begin to sit up and take notice. And so instead of just sort of going out to the marketplace and having a message that everyone is ignoring, you now have a very focused message that a few people are really paying attention to. And so I think that's part of it. Um, and, and I think the other part is it, it just cuts out all the waste, yeah. you know? And, and so for a lot of businesses, they'll spend their time doing very laborious sort of manual things to attract clients. They'll go to networking events and they'll try and be visible, you know, on charities or in the community. And when you do that without any sort of focus, then you feel as though you need to be everywhere. There's no discernment around, you know, is this the right place for me to be? It's a lot of guesswork. As soon as you focus, you can quickly say no to an awful lot of things and only do the things that really are going to get you in front of the right people. And so your progress naturally speeds up. Yeah, so it's a focusing in, isn't it? Absolutely. You mentioned uh, demand there, and I wanted to talk about that as well because it's it's important, isn't it, to sort of understand the demand for your service, how it works effectively. I think demand is is everything, and I don't think most businesses pay enough attention to it. Um, you know, the typical cycle in a service business is that 
once you sort of get off the ground and get going and you build up a client base, now you're really busy working with clients and you tend to do business development very sporadically. So you'll do some business development, you'll fill in whatever gaps you have in your client load, and um, and then you'll get busy working on those product projects and, and those engagements, and you'll ignore business development for as as long as you're busy. And then as soon as those engagements finish, you you have this panic moment like, oh wait, I don't have anything to do next week. Yeah, or next feast, month. Or, feast or famine. Right. Absolutely. It's like yeah. riding this roller coaster, you're up and down all the time. And um and it's because there's no focus on constantly creating new demand uh, for the business that can never stop. And you really have to get of the mindset that that's the number one role in the business. And the client service work, while extremely important, is secondary because the business is not sustainable if you're not continuing to create demand over time. Um, and so uh, the the first step to getting there is just shifting the mindset and, and really understanding how important it is. And then the, the second step to getting there is figuring out a system that works for, you know, for you and for your business that's simple to operate so that when you do get busy, there are only a very small number of activities that you have to do to keep that system rolling while you're really, really busy serving clients so that it doesn't completely stop. One in two women wear the wrong foundation. Are you? Time to upgrade. Il Maquillage is the boldest new brand in beauty. With 20,000 five-star reviews, their Woke Up Like This Foundation is a bestseller for a reason. Available in 50 shades of flawless natural coverage, all cruelty-free. And with Try Before You Buy, it's risk-free. Take the Power Match quiz to find your perfect shade and try it free for 14 days. Go to ilmakiage.com slash quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz. I also wanted to talk about relationships because uh, the, the relationships with your potential clients and, and I guess existing clients as well, but more, more so the potential ones is very important. How does that work in the context of, uh, you know, sort of uh, building... Um, uh, sort of attracting clients and for a service-based business. Well, so it, it used to be that that we all sort of understood that relationships were what drove the business, and then the internet came along. And while I am a big believer and and actually a, a big practitioner of internet marketing, because I think it can help you scale the development of relationships if you do it right, a lot of what people tend to do is that because they're not focused, they tend to do what we call thin marketing. And so they will, they'll do a little bit of LinkedIn. They'll do a little bit of posting on Instagram. They'll do a little bit of Twitter. They might do a little bit of blogging, you know, and they dabble in all of these different things and spread themselves really, really thin. And as they do that, yes, they're making connections with people in each of those areas, but they're never really focusing on how, how do I take this relationship that I might open on Twitter or I might open through my email marketing and then how do I step-by-step step take that down a path so that it turns into an actual real human-to-human -human relationship instead of just a follower or somebody who clicks like or something like that. Yeah. And so I, I think we need to come back to this idea of relationships being paramount and then selectively decide how do we build the, you know, the technology in that's so advantageous now, how do we build that into this process of building relationships? 
one of the ways that we think uh, is is just off the charts effective for doing this is uh, is is using podcasts. Yeah. Uh, with a podcast like this, I mean, by, by the end of our time together, we're going to know a little bit more about one another. We're going to have the beginning of a relationship. We will have actually spoken. And, um, and it's a great way to sort of move this one-on-one relationship along, but we also get this really great byproduct out of it. So everybody that listens to this, you know, Andy, and you know, this particularly listeners who will, you know, subscribe to your podcast and listen to you over time, Mm. they spend hours with you where they feel like they're in conversation with you. It's sort of for the listener to a podcast Imagine it, you know, you're at a, a networking event and you're having a conversation with a colleague and there's someone standing there just on the outside of the conversation, sort of listening in, but not speaking. Mm. That's the podcast listener. So it's almost like they're part of the conversation, but they're just outside. And so they get that same feeling of relationship from being there. It's really interesting you mentioned that because uh, our previous episode actually we talked about the, the the power of podcasting and specifically the power of being a guest on the podcast, which I think you just alluded to. Just a little side question, actually. Podcasting has been through an interesting sort of up and down trend. I don't know if it's so much true in the US, but certainly in the UK, it sort of took a while to get some traction. And it, we saw a bit of a resurgence, or oh, maybe three years ago, and it seems to be surging again. Has that happened in the States as well? We're seeing the same thing. Um, yeah. You know, there was a, this little burst probably – eight or 10 years ago, um, when it was brand new, yeah. uh, or relatively new. And, um, and I think you had to be one of those early adopters and, and into technology and a little bit of a geek to, to do it because it, it, it wasn't as easy to, in terms of the consumption side of it to, to do it now, particularly Apple has made it so easy to subscribe to any number of podcasts mm. uh, right there on your phone that, that yeah, you're seeing this huge growth. And it's a, I think it's a great audience. I mean, you tend to get very affluent people based on all the, the listenership studies that have been done. Um, and, and I know for us, both our own podcast, because we host one ourselves, and, and appearing on others have just been a tremendous source of uh, new business, both from people that we have interviewed on our podcast that I've built relationship with who have then either become client or uh, have become really great referral sources for us. Yeah. Uh, but, but also through people who have listened, whether they hear me on a, a podcast like this, or I had one prospect tell me on a sales call that uh, he had gone on a business trip in his car. It was about a four hour drive each way. So he spent eight or 10 hours in the car uh, and listened to me the whole way. Yeah. How else could you spend that time with a prospective client? Yeah. Yeah. It's permission to be in their ears, isn't it? For 20 minutes or four hours or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They're anxious for you to be there. They've chosen you. Yeah. It's incredibly powerful. So we've mentioned um, demand for services, keeping that demand up. We've mentioned building relationships. Follow-up, because I know that's a really big area as well, following up. What are your thoughts on follow-up? Well, so... I think most businesses need to think about follow-up in two ways. And the first way is to have what I call a default move. Uh, like you, anyone, any prospect that comes into your world contacts your business in any way that they go into this one default place. And that should be your newsletter. You know, whether it's a newsletter or you do a podcast and you email out, you know, every new episode, however you do it, you need to have that default place that they always go because the the biggest 
crime in most businesses is that they have leads come in and if the leads don't do business with them right away, they're forgotten. Yeah. They just drop them, don't they? Absolutely. They just forget about it because they're on to the next one and they don't have this sort of default move where they say, okay, new lead comes in, they go over here automatically. And and so you need that as a, a foundation for follow-up. But the uh, the other place that that people really struggle with follow-up, and I'm actually writing my third book now on this topic, mm. is once you've begun to engage with a potential client, how do you follow up without being a pest? How do you follow up in a way so that you're not, you know, you've maybe you've sent a proposal out. You don't want to be that just checking in guy who's showing Mm -hmm. up, you know, every two weeks because they put the, uh, the recurring appointment on their calendar to send that just checking in email or make that call. So how do you do that? And, and the, the simple answer to that is you have to begin thinking in conversations and you have to begin transitioning your follow-up so that it prompts conversations. And, and I'll give you, I know we're getting close on time. I'll give you a very quick example. Uh, I was working with a, a real estate agent uh, here in the U.S. a couple of years ago, and he was getting leads from uh, these large online services that will, they, they have big databases of all the homes that are for sale across the country. Yeah. And you can, in those services, you can click there and um, and the, your information will be sent to like a dozen real estate agents all at the same time. And it's sort of a race to see who will get back to them. And, yeah. and so this guy was sending about a, a you know, a, a two page long email of all of his qualifications and all of this stuff. And it was, you know, it was just overwhelming what he was sending. It was all about him. And so the simple change we made to make this conversational was instead of sending all of that, we just asked the most logical next question of that prospect, which is, would you like to see the home? Yeah. And very easy for them to answer yes, no, or, or ignore. But most of them would either answer yes or no. And if they answered yes, then great. Well, the next logical question is, when would you like to see it? I'm available on this day or that day. Mm. And and we just mapped out about three or four steps in that process, which ended in, you know, it might be easier if we did this by phone. Here's my cell phone number. I'm going to be calling you in two minutes. So they gave the number so that they would see on the caller ID it was him. That tripled his response rate immediately. That's interesting because it sounds like you're saying try and avoid the sort of automated robotic response and try and be more human, more conversational. Absolutely. And for most businesses, they're not getting so much lead flow in that they can't do that. Yeah. So if we could uh, distill this down, if you had one top tip or a a key takeaway for our audience today, Steve, what might it be? So... I think the the key, if you've listened to this, the key thing to take away, because we talked about four things, but the most important one to start with is to decide who your ideal client is. And the way to think about that is look at your existing clients and decide which ones are most profitable, that get the best result from the work that you do, that give you the most joy in working with them. And put that on paper and define that. And once you do that, you will immediately see opportunities to go find more of them. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Steve. Um, how can our listeners find out more about you and, and your book and indeed your podcast? Yeah, Andy, thanks for asking. Um, we've set up a page just for your listeners, and it's on our website. It's at unstoppableceo.net slash im. 
And uh, when they go there, we've got some free resources, including um, the my latest book. So if you'd like to get my latest book for free, which is called The Exponential Network Strategy, which talks about how we, uh, how we very systematically build relationship and then follow up uh, with potential clients, um, you can get that on the site, absolutely free in ebook and audio book and actually in video form. Um, and again, you can just go to unstoppableceo.net slash IM. Thank you so much, Steve. And thank you for listening, everyone. These show notes will be in the usual place, which is sitevisibility.co.uk slash IM podcast. We encourage you to leave reviews if you're enjoying the show, because that means that we can um, get get out to more people. Uh, if you've got questions and suggestions, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility on Twitter. We have a LinkedIn group, a site visibility LinkedIn group. Uh, just a reminder for that link again, it's the, unst- oh, no, just unstoppableceo.net slash IM. That's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Steve. Thanks, Andy. It's been fun. Thanks for coming on, Steve. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.